about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. It's not great, Velvet. It's a great movie. You should check it out. Hey, that's a perfect <laughs> intro to the podcast you're listening to right now. Worst gig ever. I'm Mike Pace. I'm Jeff Garlock. And this week we have uh, our special guest, Mo Diggs, Long Island's kindest comic. <laughs> Strong Island's you kindest might comic. Say. Mo Diggs is a comedian uh, based out of the East End of Long Island who I did stand up with. Not a lot of hole. Not a lot. Of, not a lot of hole. Not a lot of hole people. Not a lot of that hole. was that was not a proper sentence. <laughs> not a lot of people know that I did stand up for like three or four months, winter of 2010. Mo was one of the guys that I was going to open mics with, and he's got a lot of kind words to say about. He did you. have some very nice things to say about me, but this is maybe this, it should have been longer than that month. This is or three months or three, three months. months. Give me a little credit here. I did my time in the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> and we get into all of that in this episode. Mo details uh, Long Island kind of has a, has a specific sort of scene, and he talks about that versus Manhattan. He talks about he's got some great worst gigs performing at Russian bathhouses and things like that. A lot of shows I would never think about doing. Godspeed to him. <laughs> he Mo Mo does the the circuit. He is he is he's a lifer. You got to go to Mo. Thanks. <laughs> brought to you this episode Mo by these things. <laughs> So there's a lot to listen to and love in this episode of the show. There's a lot to listen to and love in all of the episodes of the show. What an amazing segue. Guys, check out this episode, but check out all of our other episodes They're as well. They're probably checking it out already. No, make sure it. you continue to check out this episode and then go back and check the other ones at uh, worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com or go to iTunes. we got all of our old episodes up there on iTunes and Better yet, when you get to iTunes, leave us some ratings. Leave us some comments. We get those ratings up, and we start getting in the charts. Yeah. Oh, brother, you can't stop us. And then you can tell us that you sent us some ratings to worstgigever at gmail.com. We're NC-17 right now because we're not content with the 17 <laughs> ratings that we currently have. So boost this up to an X, as yes. in the Roman numeral, for which 10? I think is 10. <laughs> Times ten, maybe <laughs> we'll make it make it a triple X like yes. that amazing compilation Thank that came you. out. All right. Speaking of which, the best and brightest in music and comedy, only on Worst Gig Ever, the show, <laughs> your life, our life. Here's Mo Diggs talking about gigs. <laughs> well played. Worst gig ever. Well, there's so many worst <laughs> gigs I want to flop pick, into. Pick one out of the hat to start so with. I'll start with this one, which is the story that everybody likes. Then that In that case, that was one of the first paid gigs I got. My first paid one ever was $20 mm-hmm. in 2008. A year later in 2009, the guy calls me up. Same guy, actually, who gave me that first paid gig. I shouldn't name names, but uh, <laughs> he offered me $50. It's big money. Moving up. 
from 20. So yeah. I just want to give you the range. Exactly. Yeah. So, of course, I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And he kept talking. I was like, yes, yes, yes. You have to do 20 minutes. I didn't have 20 minutes. I don't have five minutes. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then he said, you're going to be the only English-speaking artist on a list full of Russian-speaking artists with a Russian-speaking audience. I'm like, yes. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Book it. Count it. It's good. Yeah. Let's do this. You're an artist already. Right. <laughs> I, I'm always about challenging myself. <laughs> and you know how like we all know we're going to die? Sure. So we just kind of like, okay, well, I guess it's going to happen. That's how it, this was. Exactly. But as the date approached, and literally the day of, first of all, obviously, only English-speaking artists. I have no friends on the bill. Right. So it's not one of those things where I go, you suck too. Yeah. Right. You know? like, it was just me. <laughs> And it was pathetic fallacy. It was just all this lightning and torrential rain. This was in little Odessa, Brooklyn, uh-huh. home of the Russian mob. Yeah. Right. And it's in this Turkish restaurant, which is, I don't know what that's funny like. already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there waiting. I'm one of the first people there. There's literally, you know how like clubs have lights? Yes. For ambiance? Yes. There's literally one green laser beam pointing at a hardwood floor. <laughs> they couldn't even get the lighting for clubbing, which was supposed to be a comedy show. Yeah, right. That, even that they couldn't get right. The place was eventually packed. I'm trying to figure out the, oh my, I forgot the flyer. There's so many details of this. <laughs> I, and I do appreciate that this guy put me on a flyer. Sure. But the, <laughs> I'm sorry, just give me a second. <laughs> It's been a while since I talked about this. The flyer said, special comedy, special guest, Mo Giggs, Comedy Central star. <laughs> My name is Mo Diggs, in case you zoned out the intro. Right. My name is not Mo Giggs. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not yeah. bragging in my name. I got Mo Giggs in you, <laughs> right. bitch. What a well-played out name. Yeah. <laughs> and then parentheses, Comedy Central star. Uh-huh. All these Russian comics were so catty with me. Like, I didn't see you on the comedy central. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, nah, well, about that. <laughs> so already there's this animosity with yeah. all me and all the comics. Right. That I'm the special guest, quote unquote. And all these Russian acts are on before me. I'm trying so hard. And they're killing, of course. I'm and trying. are they like Russian acts that do the circuit in Little Odessa? Or I have like, no idea. Or is it almost like how like there's like Polish stars that yeah. go from like Greenpoint to Chicago I and have, then go back to Poland? They, oh, you know, they yeah, just I would do a circuit. imagine that yeah. they do some there's kind of There's got to be some Russian, Russian comedy circuit. Russian circuit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> That's awful. Thing to say. I don't know. <laughs> the Gulag Chitlin yeah. Circuit. <laughs> The, I don't know, but um, I was really, th- that's way too advanced. Right. I was literally trying to get the joke. <laughs> sure. Yeah, one sure. bit, one of them was like a comedy duo, which that's insane. Already. Right. Yeah. A comedy duo. Like, right. Who does that anymore? All I heard was Obama, computer, and email. So I get it. And it kills. You know what? It's weird. One, I think one of them, because of their face, one of them was the idiot cousin, and he was explaining the internet. And I'm pretty sure there was a racist joke about Obama somewhere. Russian Penn and Teller. (laughs) (laughs) So you're, you have, like, from the beginning, this is an uphill climb. Yeah, right. There's, watching yeah. it was an uphill climb. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I went on that stage yet, just watching and like, what's going on? Right. This is, why am I here? Yeah. (laughs) My jeans were wet, because whatever. (laughs) Rain. Sure. (laughs) They're pressed on. It's like I have painted on jeans at this point. 
then I get, and oh, and then he's just, the host is riffing, Russian, whatever. I don't know if he's doing material. Oh, right. <laughs> right. But he's got bits. Yeah. He's talking into yeah. a microphone. He's reading the is... menu. You know, people are like, <laughs> got a tight Russian menu five. Yeah. That's literally the only thing we had in comedy. He was talking into a mic and I was talking to him. Right. That was the only right. thing. I'm not even sure if he was doing comedy. He might have right. been talking about a tragedy yeah. for all I know. You just tap on the mic with a knowing wink and go, I got you, brother. <laughs> so, I, he says he's just doing all this Russian stuff, which I'm not gonna impersonate Russian. That's <laughs> right. But then he switches to English, and he's like, "Okay, your next performer is an English speaking guy." And already everyone's looking at each other. What? <laughs> Record scratch. <laughs> it's like a reality show right. where it's like some cruel reality show. <laughs> like, uh, well, whatever. It's like a last comic standing challenge. Yes. Like we're gonna send yes, you to right. Little Odessa, and that's what I treated it like right. before I got on. And then as soon as this happened, I was like, oh, I don't want to go through with this. Again, <laughs> was this stage. Bad Slava himself booking <laughs> this gig? I actually worked with Bad Slava. He did a mic in uh, Maui Tacos, which is a terrible For game. the listener, Bad Slava runs yes, a, 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 an open mic uh, website that lists uh, uh, mics <laughs> in the air. Thank you for letting anyway, me know. I didn't know. Well, that's for I was like, <laughs> is that the Russian guy who was on Last Comic Standing? I Do made the insult jump. insult the audience's intelligence. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Mike. Okay, so anyway, so so we'll talk about Slava in, in, in a second. You're, you're getting introduced. Yeah, I'm getting introduced. In English. And Comedy Central, so it's like, okay. Right. And Mo Diggs, I get up there. Just to clear up, like, uh, that's, where did that come from? Wait, Comedy wait. Central. I, a lot of producers, mm, I don't want to judge, but a lot of producers... Mm-hmm. And I don't, maybe this doesn't happen in music then. Maybe music's more honest. But right. they will sit there and make up credits okay. to beef up right. the show. It's like, yeah. oh, he's into comedy. He's from Central Isop. He's uh, no, 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 yeah. the stars. No, no, no. Don't go further. Like, my yeah. first time that happened to me, I was on stage. I was getting on stage. And some guy in Limerick House said, oh, this guy did the New York Comedy Festival. And I got on. I was like, I did not do the New York. I did not. <laughs> I did not because there was this other comic. Thank you for that lying intro. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was this other comic in the audience, and I didn't want him to think that right. I lied right. about this. Sure, yeah. But then I realized it was a common practice. You know, right. Go with right. it. So, yeah, New York Comedy Festival. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Comedy Central. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 I don't watch that. You're from channel. the New York area. Yeah. You do comedy. <laughs> You've probably been to a festival. You're centrally located. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a star. <laughs> You don't comedy yeah. in the Midwest. That's yeah. Yeah. central. Yeah, uh, that was my, what I meant by Central Islip. By the way, for the listener, Central Islip <laughs> town and it's a town Long Island. Long Island. Yeah. All, right. All right, so you get introduced, and I get on stage. Now I, and you have to believe me. I think you know this. You see me do. Obviously, you mm-hmm. see me do stand up. Like hopefully, you checked out my tape. Mm-hmm. I do try to be, you know, as authentic as I can to right. my point of view. Be a good comic. Not try to, you know, uh, pander to the audience. Right. But, oh, man, so that night, I lifted up my shirt. I'm doing the truffle <laughs> shuffle. Goonies, truffle shuffle. That's wow. when uh, Chunk moves his stomach, and then he gets in. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do put a link to that in yeah. the intro. Yeah, we'll put a link to my truffle shuffle. Just the Mo Diggs link, the hyperlink, yes. will be the truffle and shuffle I clip. Copy and paste my face on there. That's what I did. I was making faces. I was trying to talk Russian. You know, at one point, I said... Uh, the only Russian words I know are Nyet and Stoliknaya. And someone in the audience said, Stolichnia. <laughs> well, scratch that one. Hated yeah. me. Uh, weird, all right. But then at the end of the... Okay, so in comedy, usually when, you, when you're done, someone either waves a cell phone or yep. they flash a light. They That's give you the, the light. light. Yeah. yeah. 
which I'm sure you've heard on the show before. For the listener, um, if you don't yes. know. In case you yeah. just jumped on from my episode. <laughs> I didn't care about we are scientists. So you like me better. I get that. <laughs> but then this guy just sneaks up behind me. Almost startles me. He's like, maybe it's time to stop. But yep, it's time to stop. Thank you very much. And uh, I was just got, I was just glad I got paid in American dollars. That was because that was but, fifty rubles. There you go. Yeah, that's, Thank you. I mean, that is amazing. Um, and I'm assuming that when you were pandering to the audience, though, were you getting laughs? Well, I did want to. I mean, that's a perfect transition because now that I told that part of the story, I actually did get laughs on one thing and one thing only. It was this bit I had about mayonnaise. Uh-huh. I said that mayonnaise was disgusting. Uh, I guess I'll just do the bit. It's the bit yeah. with something like, uh, a lot of people say, oh, you don't like mayonnaise. I don't get it. Uh, you like egg yolks. You like vinegar. You must love mayonnaise. <laughs> That's like saying, do you like ammonia? You uh. like Sudafed? <laughs> well, then you must love crystal meth. Right. Let's go tie one on. Right. And then I'm trying to remember the other one. Uh, you like fast cars? You like hard cash? Well, come rob this bank with me. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third one was like, you f- like funny walks? You like funny mustaches? Well, then join the Nazi party. Right. Shuffle, what, shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> that's what mayonnaise is like, uh, robbing a bank, doing yeah. that, and joining the Nazi party. Yeah. Which, you know, it's right. decent. But it's, it's universal. Very, the yeah. Russians can But it's like apparently. three punchlines, yeah. very standard construction. Mm-hmm. Right. And very inconsequential. Yeah. Right. Of I really do hate mayonnaise. That is not <laughs> it caught truth in comedy. So, <laughs> so, but my question is: this the guy that booked the show? Yeah. What was he thinking? Yeah. Wait, well, essentially, <laughs> yeah. had he seen you at a, a different mic? He's like, he oh, did. this guy. This no, guy's no, no. Like, great crossover success. I right. did a show with him before, and oh, actually, on the show I did with him, when I got twenty dollars. I was actually the host, and <laughs> all right, uh, one just tumbles into the I next. I was there. doing this character at the time. This is when I, when I did characters. I did everything. Uh-huh. I, did comedy. I did characters, I did political comedy, I did, you know, one-liners, you know. Mm-hmm. And this was a phase where I did a character called Guy Ernest, which is still, this guy's shooting a pilot, so I'm doing him for that pilot. But um, he was basically meant to be a meathead Long Island comic, uh-huh. back before I actually did Long Island comic. <laughs> 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 is what I assumed, because I wanted to start in the city. I'm, I'm doing of course, right. Somebody. But as the funds got worse, I had to do more Long Island comedy. And uh, he was supposed to be, basically before the Jersey Shore, he was like that kind of guy. He was right. just a meat, but like an over-the-hill kind of meathead who was like gained a little weight, maybe. Not as cool as he was in high yeah. school. And I was hosting the show like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I did okay. But it was all English-speaking Right, right. <laughs> Audience members, and like comics. it almost like always is, <laughs> like usual. Yeah, like every other every single time I've done stand-up, just... except for that one time at the at the Russian <laughs> bathhouse. It's a language-based art form. Yeah. it's not a bathhouse. Just say no. It's. A... <laughs> I don't want to. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, actually, it's not. That's <laughs> another worst. Thing. Uh, okay, so you did you did it with him, and then he's he he. So did he up. think he was getting the care? Like you were going to do the character. I don't know. No, I did tell him I'm not doing that character. He was okay with that. <laughs> right. He, he, when he paid me, he's like, God bless you, man. Good for you. Thank you. I, dude, I did my time. Most right, times, yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, I'm done. I just yeah. don't understand the logic. Like, like, he clearly seemed to know a little bit going in. Like, this was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, like, why to also, like, not even that there's, like, a couple or two English-speaking comics. Like, it's just you. Well, like, when and there's just, it's just there's no logic to yeah. it. It just, I can't. It, it's blowing my mind. Well, the things people will do for money. <laughs> sure, sure. Like you taking hunter. it makes sense. Him yeah. like thinking oh, like you know what I need. 
<laughs> to put someone on who doesn't speak the Let's language spice it of up the show. Bit. And for the audience, I'm not white either. It's not right. even like I'm kind of right. Russian looking. Yeah. I'm a brown, bald guy with facial hair. Yeah. Right. I'm probably a guy they would never serve right. at a restaurant. Yes. Yeah. You get booked into a show with a band, and it's like, you know, not the venue you should be playing. Like, right. you know, like at least music is somewhat of a universal language. Do they and you do can... that with music where they say this guy was on MTV, or do they just tell the truth? They well, you know, that, it's, right? it's interesting because I do want to talk about the, the, the cult of the comedy flyer and what is going oh, on in that world. But you, what you get in music is, is you know, X members of or X whatever. Members you know, like, that's what thing. they do. That, yeah. That's what they would put on the flyer, like you know. Uh, and like, it's a lie you're saying. No, 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 like, no, no. Usually <laughs> it will exist, but just the fact that you could have been a band for five or six years, but they're still touting mm-hmm. it, like the essentially mm-hmm. like Panthers would exist. My band existed for like five years, and we still would have X members of Orchid, which was like a band, band I was in when I was in nineteen. Like, it's just this, like, you know. Slightly deceptive. Yes. It's not yeah. quite as bad. It's not as bad as just, let's make up some shit. Well, I say, it's like, if I were to play, like, a solo show, it would be, say, like, X Oxford Collapse on the Flyers as some X kind East of street band. Some kind of, like, delusional way that they're gonna, gonna, gonna bring people in. Max Weinberg's best friend. But, like, let's just talk about that for a second because, uh, you know, as someone who I think appreciates um, graphic design and a nice aesthetic. Comedy <laughs> flyers yeah. are without a doubt. They are fascinating. The, the, I mean, the lack, the lack of, I, it's not even taste. It's 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 the bare essentials of putting something together. <laughs> the ones I see are, are, are out the of the equivalent of the old music flyer when you're 16. Yeah, but made by it's 35 it's, it's, year old. It's not even a cut and paste job. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's your first photo, not even Photoshop. It's print shop, <laughs> like print shop caliber font. And and I mean, it's comedy flyers are a world unto themselves. <laughs> sure. Because it's I mean, but look, it's not it's about getting the message out there. Yeah, no, you know, no, these are they're not pretty. From the major cities, yeah. these com- they almost have the same exact thing. It's like a black background, with <laughs> yellow block letters. Yeah, oof. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's it's definitely rough. Um, so so speaking of rough, we know each other from Long Island. We do from from uh, uh, doing mics on Long Island. The, yeah. the 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 brief period of time where I was doing mics, and as so, you were not born in on Long Island, were you? I was born in New Jersey. New Jersey, that's right. So maybe you can just kind of talk to um, uh, the Long Island kind of comedy scene for people that like kind of don't know what it's about versus, you know, what they think of when they think of New York. That just kind of maybe a brief overview. All right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) without getting into too much trouble. (laughs) Without incriminating anyone (laughs) in the recovery scene. Well, there's good comedy and bad comedy. Right. Mm. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, uh, well, I think I, I can only talk about it through specifics, which is when I knew you. First of all, those of you listening, Mike Pace was, and probably still could be, a very funny stand-up <laughs> comic. And I know oh, I appreciate he chose not to do it anymore, but he was at this roast one time for this comic who now lives in the city, Kunal Aurora. And it was like a Sarah Silverman-like star turn for this guy. It was like the roast of Pamela Anderson. You know what he said about me? You know what he said? No. He said, Mo Diggs orders pizza burgers like a 12-year-old. And everyone's like, ah! 
because he's so immature. I don't. I'm Kill. dieting, so that's why I don't yeah, eat them anymore. Right. But, uh, Cut to the quick. <laughs> it, it was actually at the Mo Diggs is the only person I've seen over the age of 13 order a pizza bagel <laughs> or pizza burger <laughs> at a restaurant. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it was uh, look, look, look. You don't have to talk to me about I, it's truth and comedy. You know, it's something right. I can I know about that the 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 the, the pizza bagel. But uh, I think specifically for the two of us, you know, at least for me, because you had already been doing it for a number yeah, of years. Sure. When I when kind did of, you start doing stand up? Two thousand five. Okay, two thousand five. And all pretty much on Long Island. Yeah, for, I mean, for the, I was, for the beginning, I started in the city for a couple of years, but even then. It was in a commuting capacity yeah. where I'd go mm-hmm. in every once in a while. So, yeah, in 2008, I started doing Long Island stuff. Yeah. So what I found when I just had the urge to do it, I just got married. I was living at home with my wife and my mother. And although that was great, like I wasn't <laughs> working at the time. Right. The band had ended a, a, a year or so before, and I was kind of trying to figure out the next move. And I'd always loved comedy and was always curious to, um, to you know, try it and this was like the perfect opportunity right. and i had said like like uh, you had mentioned um i think before we were taping they're like well if i'm gonna do this i want to start doing it in the city you know like doing right. brooklyn where they might like get my sensibility a little sure. more but then i had this sort of minor epiphany that like no no no, no. like let me i've never done this before let me start out in the fucking trenches like, right where i'm not gonna know anybody <laughs> like this is gonna be you know i'm gonna sh- I show up wear a collared shirt immediately i'm a faggot Right. You know? <laughs> um, and what I found was a, a small kind of sort of close-knit group of people that were actually supportive. And it, it, it became easy to – I felt comfortable, I think, right. fairly quickly because it really was 10 or 15 people at most. Well, right. that's what I was – yeah, is that what the – like – and on top of that, though, open mic shows, show yeah. like how many it was the people same people. Said? It was always the same, you know, at least I, the ones I was I going to. I will say it does seem to be more close knit. There does seem to be more. Well, yes, there's support, and no, there isn't. You know, right. Sure, you know what it is. Let me explain it like yeah. this, okay? You gotta look at it. All right, like the comic strip, for example. Mm-hmm. If you go to the comic strip, you'll see Louis C.K.'s picture up there. Yeah. Now I think you know that by now, Louis C.K. If he wants to do a spot at the comic strip. You can do it. Yeah. yeah. But then if you want to do one and you're good enough, go ahead. Right. Now in the clubs, and this isn't specific to Long Island. This is just any regional community. Because club space can be limited, it kind of is like, well, this is kind of what I got, dude. Right. What do you got? You know, right. I've been doing this for 20 years at the same club. You know, right. like, what do you have? Right. So it can get a little more territorial. Right. But uh. most of the people I met have been nice to me, yeah. you know. Um, as far as like... Um, because there, and there are some people who do have a modern sensibility in comedy. For well, you knew that, like mm-hmm. Kunal, sure, Scott to a certain extent. Yeah. For uh, for the list, Scott these Schindlinger, are these are Long Island is, comics. These are Long Island comics. Up Kunal and comers, Scott Schindlinger, yeah. uh, Tim Dillon is doing great in the city mm-hmm. now, and mm-hmm. Dennis Rooney, mm-hmm. who's passed at all the clubs. Very, very intelligent comedy. Yeah, and not, and all the comics are good, but then some of them it's really weird. I, I love it, by the way. Mm-hmm. But you know how like in the 50s like Lenny Bruce kind of transformed everything mm-hmm. people got more personal and stuff mm-hmm. there's a lot of comics that still do mother-in-law jokes right yeah and just like 
puns. Right. But I like that. I'm a comedy nerd. Sure. I love it. I think I think <laughs> going into that too, what I also found, which I thought, which I I never even put two and two together before this, there's a big what would be called recovery comedy scene, and I say that in quotes. You had a yes. lot of guys that had come through substance abuse right. uh-huh. and were maybe you know like a little down on their line, a lot of like kind of you know working class guys yeah. who like wanted to get up and talk, right. and maybe you know. Part of it was just to get on a stage and tell hacky jokes, right. but I think it was more the sense of community. Right. Because there, and, and there were a lot of, uh, shows that were happening at halfway houses. Right. I did a show at a halfway house out in, uh, Ronkonkoma or something that was, talk about a worst gig ever. And maybe I'll talk about it. I mean, on Long Island, I did it with Tim, Dylan, and Scott, and Dr. Uh, Her- Harry Freeman. Harry Freeman, who killed. He was also on Everybody Loves Raymond, so. Oh, there you go. Because I, and I basically, you know, like walked off the stage after guys started going. You How know? many minutes were you supposed to do? I think we was only supposed to do seven. Okay. But I mean, I was, you know, I was completely out of my element. You were right. talking about a bunch of guys that were raw off the street that just wanted like, Someone maybe they could relate to, sure. and that was not me. Sure, uh, but you know, and you, I thought that that was sort of. It's probably not specific to Long Island. I'm sure you find that in all a lot of places. Right. But there were a lot of guys that I would in my day to day, you know, <laughs> get, I would more never of that in Long Island. I would never cross paths right. with a guy yeah, who no. you know like uh, lost his hand right. to. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not even sure how he did that. But you know the uh, guy, it was a car accident. Car accident. You know, but there was there's the recovery comedy scene, like guys that were like using comedy right. as well as a way to get up there. Guys that were like maybe like in Manhattan and then no, no, I think you're talking about like pretty much straight local. up. You're talking about okay. guys that just want to get on stage and, and right. tell some jokes. Like maybe they went to a few AA meetings. Right. Oh, you're and... saying re- not like rec- like were they recovery like this is part of their deal. No, no, now? I think these are guys that had dealt with substance abuse in the past. Right. Right. But and were were stand-ups in the past? Like Not necessarily. Okay. No, no, That's no, what I I think no, I was no, thinking no, like, no, you know, no, like no, a no. bunch of Richard Lewis's. No, no, no. You know no, what no, I mean? No, 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 no. They stay been drug addicts. Right. First, okay. Right? Yeah. I got you now. Stand-up. That's the time. Yeah. Right. Uh, actually, I have a few recovery stories. My first uh recovery gig ever, actually one of my best gigs ever, mm-hmm. my favorites was uh what's this place in the Hamptons? And it was one of those rehabs where it's like a boarding school. It was teenage males under 18. Mm-hmm. And our comedy show was a surprise for them. Yeah. And everybody did a great job. And we all, it was great. They were very happy and they were very grateful. So it was great. Yeah. And the next time I did a rehab gig, uh, <laughs> it was a less forgiving place. Yeah. <laughs> and well, the thing that's funny is before that gig, because I was cocky, I'm like, oh, I got this. And this is back when I did drugs, so I smoked a bowl before I uh-huh. And uh, the producer well, smelled fuck you to the old man. <laughs> and I think I did the same joke twice, but not because I didn't remember, because yeah, I right. did the joke. Yeah. Then the host of the show told me to do that joke. And I'm looking at him like, yeah. I just did that joke. And he just kept saying, I do it. I'm like, oh, fine. And I did this. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I knew. Wait, just to mm-hmm. clarify for me. So, I mean, you guys are both, and I've never talked about this with you, like, is the reco- the recovery gig. Okay, is this so, a thing that's well, consistent no, yeah, so out, the, this, out in what happened, Long Island? What happened to, yeah, well. A little bit. I mean, what they have, I've never heard too. of it. Like, okay. It's like, it sounds like the equivalent of, like, the cramps playing the mental institution. Like, that famous, like, 
Remember that video in 74 of the Cramps? They, like, I, I, I don't, but the it Cramps would be... did a show at 74 and taped it at okay, a mental so in, in for my like ca- a publicity thing. Okay, but that's the thing, because I don't think you could tape any no. of these gigs. They're very private. Right, in, right. In my case, what happened was there were, there were two guys who would book, who would, who would, they kind of book shows. They were, they were comics yeah, themselves, yeah, yeah. and they would, they would always say, you know, if you want to do um, a show, we do shows at these halfway houses okay. at, once a month or whatever. Get in touch. And I hadn't really done a show, quote unquote. Right. I would only be doing mics. And I knew that this was going to be like a story, at least. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so I emailed the guy and he was like, well, I got to see your act. And I was like, okay. And then he, <laughs> then he literally emailed me again like an hour later being like, okay, so you can do this. Uh, <laughs> you know, he put me on a show when I was first of four. And I drove way out. And when I was living on Long Island, uh, about forty minutes from Manhattan, uh, and I drove like forty-five minutes east. Right. And it's in an industrial park, and I it's, it's de- totally depressing. Sure. <laughs> um, just just going into it, and I wasn't confident enough to deviate from like my my material to yeah. like just talk to these guys, right? right. Which is what I was work. instructed to do. Is like right. you know they may not just they just want to. They just want to listen to someone talk and be honest. Right. And I was at nowhere near that place in my, I was doing kind of what I considered seventh rate Conan absurd right. stuff. Well, yeah. Cause that also, I mean, just knowing you're like, yeah, it's just and, like to, for you to be the honest yeah, comic, and, I, and I'm the first right. guy that goes up and it's in a, it's, uh, we walked in and someone said over the loudspeakers, the comedians are here. The comedians are here. <laughs> and all these guys and these are tough looking motherfuckers right, come in this room and it's in, the, it's got the uh, fluorescent lighting. It's like um, almost like a, a not a rec room, but like right. a, the, the kitchen. And there's no stage. There's a little oh, pig nose mic. Is. This is the one that I did stoned. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's, yeah, well, yeah. So, you know, so I so these guys walk in. I mean, and this is not my target audience. Yeah, right. Um, They're nobody's target audience. No. But go on. No, and these, and these Nobody guys, is yeah. meant to play. So Again, Seinfeld would have a right. tough time. Yeah. Not working your type five for What's them. The exactly. exactly. Stabbing your arm with a needle. Exactly. So they they got the microphone. They got the little practice hand. The guys are sitting five feet away from me. I'm introduced. The guy, we got a great comic coming up already. I'm, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. and I get in. I do my first my first joke, which was about oh, how yes. my um, wait the one about um, how my parents. My name was my, my, Mike Pace was my stage name, uh-huh. and oh. uh, it was it was because my birth name was shared with another famous comedian, you know, coincidentally. And I'll never forgive my parents for originally naming me Cedric the Entertainer. (laughs) Is that not great, guys? Give the audience a chance to recover. Catch breath. breath. (laughs) Right now, people are driving cars and running around in their cars like it's the Apollo. They're running. Look out for your fellow travelers. Pull over. I get the laugh from that joke. And then, and that's within like 30 seconds. But then I lose I lose them immediately after that. <laughs> and I figure that... Do you remember why you lost them, though? Well, I think because I, I feel I wasn't confident. I knew that the, as, as an opener that that would oh, work. Man, and then I I can't remember. My next joke was definitely sort of hacky, punny. Right. Uh, and then I started hearing guys go... Pff! And like I think one guy <laughs> really? walked in front of me and just left the room. Oh, no. And so then I'm like, uh, let me talk. Let me Let me say a drug story. Maybe these these guys are in for drugs. So I cool. I start talking a story about being on tour in a band and and having these lemon bars that were doused in THC. And the guys are starting to like talk audibly amongst themselves. <laughs> I've lost them. lost them. I see yeah. the I see the the MC in the doorway 
given me the like, <laughs> oh, like, no. like, so I literally said, I apologized. I said, I'm sorry. This is my first time doing this. Thank you guys. And I, I hightailed it out of this little room wow. into the other room where Tim Dillon, Scott Schellinger, and I mean, it was mortifying. I knew it was going to be a great story. I knew it wasn't going to go well. It was no way the swing was going you, well. Everyone else on that bill? Killed. Well, no. What happened was is that <laughs> everyone else, Tim did a little better than me. Uh-huh. Scott really? did a little better than Tim. And then Dr. Howie, ha- Harry, Harry Friedman, Friedman killed. So you know what it was? It was it was it was more of a reflection of me not being confident, and right. and this was not a beginner audience, right? And I totally uh, they had to be underestimated that they that. were watching a comedy show, also. Like yeah. it sounds you know, like you know, like, like they didn't realize, like they didn't, like they knew going in, but didn't know exactly. Like, well, you, you know, know what it is? I also, you you're saying it's not a beginner audience in a way. It can be only <laughs> it sounds cynical, but. If anything, you can learn how to bomb there. You should eventually learn how to get good. Oh, I got a PhD in bombing that that place. Because, like, I do think that, like I said, they're nobody's audience. Right. So I think you do eventually have to say, well, if this is not your audience, how do you meet them halfway? Sure. I think from your story, your problem was you didn't have enough confidence. And, by the way, this is... I recently did a show where it was like a bunch of forty-year-olds. Let's see. This sounds like a new worst game. Literally every neck was red. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. With like right. gold chains. I was like, oh, this is. I would never <laughs> hang out with these people. Right. Yeah. They love the most racist, homophobic stuff <laughs> I can think of. Which you get a lot of on Long Island. And I wasn't meeting them halfway. Mm-hmm. Right. But and and so I bombed that game because of that. But right. then I realized, you guys. That's a mistake I made, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the racism and homophobia, yes, you get a lot of that. But then I would go up again, not being white, and yeah. I'd do great. Yeah. And then right. Tim Dillon, gay, yeah. he'd go up and kill. Yeah. So it's almost like a forum, you know, because yeah, right. they like the racism and the homophobia. But if you're good enough, they'll listen to the other yeah. side. You know, funny does yeah. trump even in the sure, country. absolutely. Yeah, no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be painting sure. all of Long Island to be like this. Not black uh, and white. Exactly. It's not like it's definitely not. Yeah, depending on what neighborhood you're in. Don't be prejudiced um, against racists. But I, yes. okay. come on. I think another Open thing. Mind. Another thing that you hinted racists at, which is human. which is interesting. <laughs> I once did a show. I don't remember if you were there. You probably were in Huntington upstairs at that place that did Sunday night open mics. That's tell you. Oh, there's a show there as well. Well, yeah, we, I did an open mic with not one but two. Rodney Dangerfield impersonators, <laughs> both of whom were guys that were a little uh, older uh, and were clearly doing it was a hobby. It was they were doing it for fun. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but but I got two for the price of none, actually, because wow. right. but two Rodney Dangerfield. And that goes to what you were saying about, you know, the kind of sticky hat. You, you get guys that That's that want to just get up there and like. Tell dirty one-liners because right. they can. Well, like imagine, for example, you, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Imagine you went out to Long Island, and there was this place where everybody was just playing Appalachian folk. Oh, I was going to say. By the right. way, for the listener, Mo was just mi- mimicking a guitar, <laughs> yeah. and I should say Jeff and I are going to Long Island July thirty-first to right. see Yes at Westbury Music that Fair. Yeah, so that's <laughs> like a little more contemporary. <laughs> Even though it's kind of old, it's still yes. kind of contemporary. Okay. Anyway, so you were uh, playing Appalachian guitar. Just like, and, uh, very, very, like, primal, early, right. I don't know. Like, let's say you went out there and you saw Blind Lemon Jefferson. I guess right. that's my point. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm rev- <laughs> now I'm getting too reverent about yeah. this. It's the other way around. It's Can't still- get any more. Uh, it's a topical reference, <laughs> yes. though, so we're, we're good. 
yeah, the Blind Lemon Jefferson podcast is uh, <laughs> that'll be a keyword for the people searching. I want to hear. Hey, guys, I Blind love Lemon how we don't have to explain Blind Lemon Jefferson to your audience. Like, oh, you guys know what that is. Yeah, you know that Delta Blues podcast <laughs> that comes up right after ours. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll tag it appropriately. They NPR. They know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 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 you're living on Long Island. You're living out east on Long Island right. now, and you're doing. How often are you going up these days? I go up as often as I can, you know. I get up every chance I get. Yeah. Um, because it's Long Island, you don't get as many mics. But then uh, I, I screenwrite with my friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you do it. a lot of writing. Yeah. As well, a lot of freelance writing and uh, creative yeah. writing. If you will. Yeah. Well, well, mainly the screenwriting now. I, yeah. I used to actually. I used to work. I think you're talking about the Long Island Press, which I don't work for anymore. Long, but yes. That's fine because I was <laughs> laughing because mutual friend such a weird uh, Kenny thing to say. That's right. Um, well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> I uh, how can I explain this? I was there was a point when I was doing comedy at night, and my day job was working on Long Island Press. Mm-hmm. But I looked at the long as journalism, right, as my plan B right. for a little bit. I was right. like, most people are sitting there like, God, you get to write. That's <laughs> awesome. And I, actually, towards the end, it was a pretty sweet gig because I'd be like, I was supposed to be writing about the web at one point, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. talking about cool videos and right. cool websites. So I was literally just surfing the web for my jobs. <laughs> Perfect. What, what's and, better than that? And I Sounds like most it. of Maybe my Maybe doing job. comedy for a living is probably better than that. Yeah. But so you're go, so you're going up a lot. And before uh, before we talk about like the differences between Long Island and the city, which I right. think is important, you're still you know you just mentioned a, a recent worst gig with this uh, this older audience. What keeps you doing it? What keeps me yeah. doing? <laughs> well, I like to say, and this might be dark, but uh, <laughs> so for me, comedy, quitting comedy is like committing suicide. You right. know, I only get so close. You know what I mean? Oh, it's right. just like I'm always like, Aah! and then it's like, <laughs> no, I can't do it. I just, I literally can't. Right. Like, I think I've literally said I'm done, and I still go to <laughs> right a show. I don't know. I just. And how do you pr- like when you have the those worst gigs? Um, how long do you sit with those before you just kind of? Tr- I mean, do you let it fester, or do you just? Or do you just... I let it fester. I you definitely <laughs> let it fester. I remember the exact dates of some of them, but um, I've also had good gigs. Just for those of you listening, I don't. Well, when you do best gig ever, you can talk about talk to with those Delta Shema. Blues guys. I had some very good gigs too. I, I do get lots of laughs. I'm not. A worst gig expert. Yes. Okay, but uh, uh, no, I well, usually what it is is I a I try to figure out what went wrong. It takes me about five hours to intellectualize what mm-hmm. I need to do better. Then usually, usually doing well <laughs> washes it right. out pretty yeah. much. Right, you can balance out the. Uh, the... But I think I don't know. I, I did. I know it's a cliche, but I think you do learn from bombing. I mean, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's such a cliche, but well. For example, cliches like, exist for a reason. My friend told yeah. me, and this is something I've really been doing a lot lately, which I think has been really giving me a good kill ratio. That's the only term uh-huh. that comes to mind. <laughs> I'm such a douche. I'm possessed <laughs> by a douche. I'm sorry. I wish I could come up with a better term. Kill ratio. Kill works ratio. Great. That's what. Uh, that's what it is. <laughs> I do it. And it happens. What can I say? Yeah. But um, anyway. Um, what he told me was just to keep my energy up because I'm the high energy guy. Right. And actually in comedy, there's this kind of preference for like low key comics who let their jokes do sure. the talking. Yeah. But for me, I was just like, oh, 
I guess I'm a loud guy. Right. right. <laughs> Embracing I'm not, it. I'm not sophisticated and you know, right. I don't let my jokes do the talking. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I just, but yeah, so that's one thing I learned. And when I did that that gig with the with the forty year olds, it was just I was very low energy when I started off. I was very right. low energy. And when I'm low energy, it sounds nervous. That's <laughs> right. the thing. Uh, when other guys are low energy, it's different for them. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, this guy. It's usually good if you're a one-liner guy, I think, to be yeah, low energy. sure. Because then the punchline's right there. Yeah. Where's me? I'm like... And I, I think my comedy's changed since you see me, actually. I've gotten a lot more personal. Oh, I'm sure. Like, so I'm just like bleeding on stage. Well, I think that that's, right. that's important and that it seems that, it, you know... To get to that point, and I never got, uh, you know, I didn't give myself enough time right. to build up the confidence to get personal and be honest. Um, I w- just wanted to, yeah. I wanted to tell absurd <clears throat> jokes, and then I wanted to make the other comics laugh. When right. I realized that, like, okay, I, I, I'm not, I don't have what it takes right now in my life to devote this amount of time, go out every night and mm-hmm. do these shithole places, right. and and then, okay, well, I know these guys in the audience, let me just try to make them laugh. Right. And which is, which was just personally for me. And I think, but I think that's very important yeah. that, and you were, you mentioned earlier that you went through kind of, you've done all these different types of comedy. Right. Before, I did. Characters. Oh, I did. And so like, at how, how did you get to that point where you, um, you gain the confidence, I guess, to decide that yeah. I'm going to talk, talk about myself. Yeah, no, now, no, honestly. I, I'm glad you set that up. Cause I really hate hearing people say they're going in a more personal direction because that's the most cliche right. thing on the planet right. for music and comedy, sure, you yeah. know? Like, everyone thinks that their next thing is, you know, uh, another side of Bob Dylan or right. something, you know? Right. I, I, mean, I know it sounds pretentious, but what happened, I'm glad, because what happened basically was I had broken up with my girlfriend in 2000, last year, 2012. <laughs> and now, and it got to a point where I really wanted to talk about the breakup so now I think everything kind of flows together nicely. There's a few weird observational bits still in there, but I think they flow with everything else. Right. But there was a time after I broke up, because what I used to, I used to go out with my girlfriend and I come home, I used to live with her and I'd dump everything on her. Mm-hmm. With you guys, I'd be like silly and kooky. Yeah. Then I'd come home like, oh my God, what am I doing? But right. then I lost her. Right. So now I started using the audience as my sim. <laughs> right. But the weird thing about that is I would be doing observational jokes and then I'd be draining. So I'd be like, Hey, uh, imagine if Dracula was president. I am the haunting specter of unrealized potential. It was just really bizarre. I was right. like, no, I gotta pick one. I gotta. Right. I feel like well, the, that I, I've, I mean, I, I didn't see you go, you know, into this totally kind of personal space, but I, what you, that, that joke you just said is definitely a very Mo Diggs. Diggsian joke, if it, or Giggsian, depending on what Russian you ask. Um, in that you had, uh, and I think that's why I related to you initially more than a lot of the other guys, right. because you were very, you felt free to be absurd, right. um, but then also be self-deprecating in a way that was. Well, I think well, that totally ends honest. up being a thing where I'm sure you almost at a certain point start to feel like if you've got these, if you've got these things going on in your head, yeah. But then you're oddly all of a sudden now realizing like you're limiting yourself yeah. to just doing absurd. And so it's like, well, you're not really ever going to get that complete release of I, it. You know, if you're yeah. not able to kind of do it all. And it's not like you no. have to like 
decide like all right i'm doing the personal stuff now but i think it's like it's just being real to whatever you wanted to do at that time and if you didn't if you don't shift over that when you want to it's almost as it's it's kind of pointless you know you know i don't know if mike pace can attest to this but a lot of other comics can tell you that i drop jokes like nobody's business (laughs) i just i'm the donald trump of (laughs) i just make i actually have acted out getting rid of a joke Uh uh-huh like i've actually said uh i forget what jokes i've gotten rid of like 20s music joke i want to come in here We had a good run, but I gotta let you go. Sorry. <laughs> right. I'm trained you in for the blind Lemon Jefferson joke. Itself is going. And yeah. so I, I really was very ruthless in my jokes. People years later would say, oh, I love that weird joke you did about beatnik poets. Like, right. I don't do that anymore. Sorry, man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And they did it better than I did. Right. But the point was, I had this bit recently I dropped just to talk, go back to what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, it's actually kind of a funny bit, but like, um, because I'm talking about the personal stuff, like I said. But then this other bit I did, I was like, hey, you guys remember Shania Twain? <laughs> she had a song called, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Uh, and she's got this lyrical couplet. I don't want to act politically correct. I only want to have a good time. Well, that's what, what are all these racist lyrics she's not talking about? Right. I'm not saying I hate Mexicans. Just saying that I should pay taxes. If this were a white guy, not a black guy, it would be all over the news. I'm not taking my shoes off at the airport. We all know it's the guy with the beard. Man, I sound like a racist. And people, I mean, a month ago, someone was quoting that joke to say, oh, yeah, who right. does a joke about that? Yeah. But that's an example of something that didn't fit the rest of the stuff. But right. also, ironically, that thing was originally meant to be an inside joke with my ex-girlfriend. Right. And then we broke up. I was like, I guess I'll just do it with my right. Sean. I don't know what to do with this inside joke. It was <laughs> right. like a child we had. I don't know right. what to do with it. Yeah. It was like an abandoned child. So I brought it up to my friend Sean, who's also Sean Sullivan, who's also mm-hmm. a comic in Long Island. Right. And uh, he said, oh, you got to do it on stage. I'm like, you're an idiot. And then someone right. else said I should do it on stage. Sean, I did. Well, I guess that's also, that, I mean, that leads into, like, I mean, what do you think, like, uh, it's a lot of times when I look at stand-up, like, I love stand-up, but it exhausts me, like, as a concept sometimes. It's why I mostly do, <laughs> mostly do sketch comedy. It uh, exhausts me as a concept. It really, just because, like. I gotta like, hear this. Well, are they, like, do you feel bogged down by the kind of. And this is as a person who teaches rules of sketch writing, but like right. the kind of rules that will exist in stand up. Like it seems like, and it, it, it kind of ends up going through like kind of almost phases where it's not necessarily rules, but it's like, you know, once Louis started doing the like write a new hour every year, <laughs> like that became That's like this new thing. Uh, and then it's like, you know, everyone is start, you know, everyone has started being more, per- not say like, but it's just like there's more of a personal bent because of. I think because of Marin and I think because of WTF. So now it's like, you know, I, like you almost have these weird self-imposed rules, like where you kind of go through that of like, oh, should I be doing this? And should I be doing that? But then other people, like it's like whatever area you're from are like, no, you should be doing the same material right. for like 20 years, you know? Well, I mean, actually, it's really funny you mentioned Louis C.K. Because actually that was one of the things that did influence me. He said something, especially for beginners, which he said, uh, not that I should call myself a beginner, I suppose, but he said that, 
if you're starting out, mm-hmm. most of your material is shit. Right. Oh, absolutely. Go to the void. And that right. just inspired yeah. me. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, these jokes do fucking suck. I am right. Right. And I got rid of so many. Yeah. And it is just, yeah, I do like just getting rid of jokes that I know in my heart are terrible. But I do see how some people get annoyed with Louis C.K. saying, ah, let's start a new hour every year. Now right. that's kind of the standard. Now everyone has to do that. For right. me, I'm okay with that. But yeah. it's just some people. I'm fine. I am fine with it. It's just, I, it, I guess there is, I don't know. Yeah, like sometimes I'll, exhausting, when you listen to every WTF and you made it weird, sometimes when you just listen to the, that, mm. it is its own world. Like, of stand, I mean, just like the world, the rules of, you know, and even the viewpoints of, I don't feel like there's as much in the world that I'm in of, you got to be a road dog or you don't have to be a road dog. You know, it's right. like, you're not a real comic if you haven't been a road dog. Like, oh, sort of so thing. you mean these kind of like, the, the, well, the hierarchies yeah. and all the yeah. kind of setup, like there's just rights of passage. There's so rights of passage. Right. And it's just like, you know, there's very just. It, yeah, everybody's at their own on their own path. Everybody, yeah, well, again, that's that's how how Buddhist on you guys. Well, is how I feel, but like <laughs> no, I, I feel like that it that exists. Those kind of hierarchies exist a little bit more in stand up well, to the extent yeah. of it feels like uh, punk rock in uh, the early two thousands <laughs> or like ninety three. The whole like you well, you can't sell out, but you got to do this, but you can't do this. Uh, yeah, like that yeah. stuff still exists a little but then bit those more in stand up. Sound world. stupid too, yeah. and honestly. I've kind of learned to not live with those rules. I used Good. to be like that. I used to, well, just recently, uh, <laughs> I heard some guys talking about how it's hacky to talk about what you look like on stage. Right. And I do a bit where I say, whenever I wear a suit, I look like the vice president of sadness. And right. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think that's a well-constructed uh, yeah, line. I'm not going to get yeah. rid of it because yeah. of some... Well, like that's because that's I guess that is part of the thing with the like yeah these kind of self-imposed rules is they're all ready to be broken. Like I have this again the same thing for sketch where like I'll be like please students don't bring in any more five-hour energy commercials because I can't read another one. (laughs) But if you bring one that's amazing, then screw that. What I I said. I was actually talking to my friend about this the other last night. It's heck when everyone's really tired of it. Yeah, it's like enough is enough. But something is only hack when everybody's tired of it. Right. Like, if it's hack, I'm trying to think of it. (laughs) All right. um, Well, I I talked about, like, you know, hack hacks do. Like, you know, I guess when they talk about their parents or whatever, they do mother-in-law jokes. But there is such a thing as hipster hack, to be honest with you. I did an open mic uh, a couple weeks ago, and I heard the hummus punchline. Six times. <laughs> now, I know. Mind I, you, there were also thirty comics, and I went on at one forty in the morning. But I heard hummus as a punchline, either as a derogatory term at the white comics, uh, the white hipsters, or as a hipster who was being uh, beating himself up. Right. And at a certain point, I was like, "Hummus? What happened?" Here? That's actually a perfect segue into kind of the the perceived differences between Long Island and and New York. And right. in my case, I was excited to first try doing stand up um, with all of you guys at the Creek and Cave yeah, in that. in Queens. I was like, "Man, like I feel good with these guys." And then it's like literally <laughs> going through the grist mill, like right. you said, forty comics in a room, everybody getting easy. three this minutes. Open mic was at the Creek Cave. And, it was a nightmare. And <laughs> it was it was a total nightmare. I go up there, my joke about Sammy Davis Jr. having diarrhea while singing uh, the Candyman. F- flat lines. <laughs> I got there at eleven o'clock. I went on at one forty. 
uh, to three people. Right. No. I, the they, dude after me was passed out drunk, and they woke him up to see if he wanted to <laughs> set. I bailed on my last minute of three minutes and just start talking about the movie Commando because I was like, no one's here. But look, I'll just talk about whatever. And, and no, no disrespect to the people that are that are really uh, that are doing it. And yeah, like, no, look, I was. But they were it all was there. it was um it was it was totally not what what I perceived it would like nobody was interested nobody was listening it was a yeah, cattle no. call oh, this right. is so Mentality. funny i was actually the same way when i i oh, this is kind of i'll say it when i started comedy <laughs> i actually went on myspace uh-huh. <laughs> and i went to a forum for the listener myspace was, was the website biggest, was the, <laughs> of the biggest website in the world for some reason yeah. a very short time <laughs> Was, you know how you see Bugs Bunny with longer ears? That's kind of weird. That was right. MySpace. Yes, exactly. That's, that's the relationship to Something's Facebook. Off. <laughs> but I went to this forum, and it was something about starting a stand-up comedy. I said, hey, man, I don't know if I should do comedy. You mm-hmm. know, I'm Egyptian, I'm Middle Eastern. I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of racism against me. I'm afraid of criticizing Bush, all this other stuff. He's like, just get on the stage. Don't be a wuss. Just mm-hmm. do it. And there's actually a Persian comic who, uh, Maz Jabrani, I don't know why mm-hmm. I had the courage to do this, but he's been a Comedy Central and I, mm-hmm. my space. Comedy comic. Central star, Maz Jabrani. <laughs> a real Comedy <laughs> Central star. And I messaged him through my space and I actually said, what do you do when there's a heckler? And he said, most hecklers, it doesn't matter, you know, they do, they're stupid, you know, don't worry about them. But then it got to a point where I was thinking, well, I should start off in the city, going to what you're saying, because mm-hmm. everyone's going to accept me in the city. Right. They're going to be like, oh, tell us your story. It must be hard living in America. Right. <laughs> and I was just so naive. My first time bombing ever was at this place called Bowery Poetry Club. And this is the first hipster mic I ever went to. And so I was like, you know, I mean, I don't consider myself, I don't think anyone considers themselves a hipster, but, you know, rather that than, right. you know. Right. <laughs> something else so at this point we're all kind of over that <laughs> yes. that whole hump so uh i go there and the act before me god uh, this was a there was an audience at this mic what what year are we talking now this is this, this is no this is a week into comedy so this is okay. november 2005 okay maybe around thanksgiving time mm-hmm. richard pryor was on after his last you. weeks oh. right he didn't die just yet <laughs> okay but he he's wasn't getting doing there. good <laughs> uh but i died that night <laughs> <laughs> condition critical <laughs> <laughs> but critical condition the one of the last great richard pryor like comedies condition hey. critical I did like I that movie think. as a kid. For the listener, check it out. One of Pryor's best. <laughs> Up there with the toy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then the act, then the audience was great. And the first act, this, this New York celebrity, uh, she's very famous in the New York scene. Her name was Jessica Delfino. Mm-hmm. Very talented woman. You should look her up, people at home. And uh, I think I over-explained her. So, <laughs> if you're not at home and listening to this, don't bother looking her up. You're in your car. Check your cell phone if you're in your car. <laughs> this episode's working. going out to her. <laughs> so basically, um, she sang a song called "My Pussy Is Magic," which is hilarious. Right. She threw glitter at the audience. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. Then, and I was number four, by the way. It was a lottery. And I was number four, mm-hmm. and like. You know, yep. when you have that many comics, that's a great spot. Yeah, yeah. that's But when ideal. you're starting out, you're going, no, I want sure. more time. Please, I want more time. So the act right before me, this is a mixed mic, uh, meaning multidisciplinary, music, okay. comedy, right. poetry. This next act before me was a burlesque act. 
she sang a sexy song called Hot Nuts. Everyone's whooping and hollering. And for her big closer, she puts an exploding cigar near her pooty poot vagina. <laughs> for the listener, the pooty poot is the vagina. <laughs> and I had to follow that. Now, <laughs> even you, Mike, I think even you would know what to do with that. You would that one I, could, that, I might be able to handle. That's no, that's no halfway house. I could probably deal with You could with probably that. handle that. Yeah. Me, I'm so naive. I was literally right. a week into comedy. My first time bombing. I'm literally talking. All my jokes when I start out were about being Egyptian. Every single joke right. was about being mistaken for a terrorist. This, like, this is my earliest joke, so it's so terrible. But I'm doing it anyway. Um, and like I said, these jokes are the jokes that were bad. <laughs> there are good <laughs> jokes that you could check at Modig's Comedy. <laughs> at you- my YouTube page, but um, the joke is basically, people say it's tough to be Middle Eastern in this country. I think it's great. Every time I try to commit suicide, the police and the FBI try to stop me. (laughs) That was the level of comedy (laughs) that I thought only the city could understand. (laughs) And Long Island is going to be lost. You'll save the deep shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that so the beat poetry club did not. It was they, just you know at one point I yeah. said something like something was bad or hot. I don't know what I said. Mm-hmm. Something was so bad or so terrible. I don't forget mm-hmm. what exactly I said. But someone in the audience said, "How bad was it?" Right. And my heart just sank. Like, All these people hate me. I. <laughs> So at this point, like, do you do, uh, do you come into the city at all? Or like, do you do Creek McCabe or UCB or the pit? Now in the city, you know, hopefully when I move in, I'll Mm -hmm. do everything. Right. Well, speak to the differences or like, what would, for in your mind, what are the, what are the advantage? I mean, I think the advantages just in terms of exposure and and the city is obviously going to give you more stage time. Mm -hmm. You're obviously going to be more noticed in the city if you do well. Um, but what would you say a benefit to being on Long Island is? There, there is a benefit. I think the benefit is that you're not, and I did mean to mention this. There are actually a group at the Long Island Mics now, and they're producing their own shows that are, eh, for lack of a better term, they're hip, they're old. That's the only thing mm-hmm. I can think of again. But they do have a modern sensibility, very intelligent jokes. Despite that, because they're being faced with. <laughs> We're sponsored by Droid. We're sponsored by Droid. (laughs) I bet the mic didn't even pick that up. The Droid you're looking for is here. (laughs) New Star Wars coming. Uh, 2015. uh, Release dates just came out. But basically, um, despite all that, all of us having that modern, intelligent, whatever, intellectual sensibility, Mm -hmm. facing a regular crowd, I think it makes you a better comic. Yeah. And actually, Tim Dillon, as I said, he migrated mm-hmm. to the city. I was talking to him the other day. He said that the clubs that he does, he does clubs now in the city. A lot of these people are Long Island audiences. So when you're doing a club in the city, these are people who came right. from Ronkonkoma. Right. Night out. Yeah. And Mastic and Shirley and New High Park right. to go to the city and take right. their date to the city and watch comedy. Yeah. So if you don't know what to do with that crowd, you're at least not going to do well in the clubs. I mean, yeah. maybe the alt shows will be okay, but yeah. clubs, yeah. So that's the good thing, I yeah. think. Right. Well, I guess the thing, you know, when I was doing, there wasn't really a, a quote unquote alt scene on Long Island. Right. So, in which in a way was good the because it was the recovery place. Oh, well, was, <laughs> yeah, uh, I an alternative yeah. to something. Yeah, sounds like it. But, but, but it was just great to, like, honestly, just get up on stage in front of, like, a bunch of, like, 
regular dudes. And, right. You know, make no mistake, it's mainly dudes. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that but, is a huge difference. But it was the, way, I, too, the right. thing that I love about comedy and stand-up in particular is that it really does, way more than music, bring together people from completely disparate backgrounds yeah. Yeah. to just kind of hang out and listen to one another, ideally yeah. listen to one another right. for a little while. And and so there Absolutely. are people that I, that I never would have interacted with yes, otherwise. I, I think it's the interesting you, thing. I yeah. feel like even even at UCB, like I'm like I, you know, must I don't. They know nothing about my music path. Yeah. Like it's just it's just a different world. Like it's people from all. Like and it's it is different. Like as opposed to whenever our shows, it was just yeah. we're going to see the freaking same people. Like yeah, you into this stuff? And so you look, and you may not, and and maybe the music people you just relate to more, and you're better friends sure. with. But just the interactions with different types of people. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, they, it's funny you say that because Long Island actually i've described it as when people talk about grunge yeah the thing about grunge in seattle that they talked about grunge was a musical genre in the early <laughs> 90s there's a yes, band called nirvana Pearl Never on um, sub pop records uh, label sponsored by the show sub poop gotcha, gotcha. Sub-poop. yeah that was a shout out to sub pop there by the way get tony cool my number yeah. but anyway um so what they said was the punk because in most cities in the 80s yeah the punks and the metalheads are kind of like sneering at each other how stupid is metal how stupid is punk in seattle everyone hung out with each other right and that's kind of why i feel about long island i mean we were talking about scott Schendlinger before who you're gonna mm-hmm. i hope have on the Eventually. podcast and yeah maybe not but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're like best of friends scott is in this episode's going out to you buddy because we, we love <laughs> That eventually was so dismissive, by the way. Yeah. And then Mo just totally like got behind it and poof. All right. But yeah. basically, he and we, all of us in my circle have said this, Scott especially, but other people, especially him though, if this was the city, I don't think we ever would have hung out. You know, right. yeah. He does very you know high energy, like I do high energy stuff too, but his is very visceral, you know, sexual stuff. You yeah. know, he talks mm-hmm. a lot about... Um, you know, like uh, Cole's Cash and all the suburban kind but of what, stuff. But what about even very, very funny though. even a guy like Jerry Harvey, who was this like <laughs> kind of thuggy black guy, motherfucking from, Jerry Harvey, from, motherfucking Jerry from Georgia, yeah. right? Who got and this is a, you know, I mean, you know, this is a guy that I probably wouldn't cross path with. Cross path with I wouldn't have a croissant with. Um, and I just thought it was it was awesome because I felt uh, you know it really is this quote you know the cliched melting pot right. really of is. where you have black comics and white comics That's and why like we nerdy call Long comics. The melting pot of uh, America. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, crossing path. And then they strain that pot and they keep yes. the whites. And they so I think we should say you know if we're like kind of coming for full circle, maybe in the beginning it sounded like we were kind of um uh you know poo-pooing it a little bit but it's it's it kind of has everything in yeah. terms of you know you you have all these different I you got you, racist you don't comics don't want to get beat up when you go you back got, to strong <laughs> island <I got laughs> when i go back to wild child tattoo do they still do an open oh, mic at wild no they child? don't but we have to talk about wild child okay. wild child tattoo was the best <laughs> open mic but for history. yes and wild child tattoo the first place i ever did an open mic and it should for the listener wild child was spelled with two y's yeah. instead of i's yeah. so it's w y LD. It was a tattoo parlor that had kind of a small, narrow kind of coffee shop area, and they did a Wednesday night open mic. And the first one that I went to, I didn't know anything. I didn't know from open mics at all. So I I didn't know you could come up with notes. So I memorized like a whole five-minute thing. And it was – and and, and I mean – it was totally stiff and forced and weird and like didn't really go over well, but – 
right after that, Mike, I remember talking to Dennis Rooney, one of these other guys that we're talking about. And I'm like, and I was so excited. I was just like, where else do you guys do this? And he's like, well, we're going to this other mic in Amityville right now. You right. should come along. So I went and did a second mic with all the same guys. And I, and I, I abandoned yeah. the notes really? and just went up there and just riffed. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I came home that, oh, it was, you know, it was material about, you know, being Egyptian, you know, so I came home that night, like so excited. It, it felt like the first time I'd like played music with other people and like, and I couldn't sleep and I was like jotting down all these ideas for jokes and it was so awesome and inspiring. And I, you know, I, 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 um, and I attribute that just to Wild Child being right. very intimate, very right. – it wasn't intimidating. Well, the intimacy know? could backfire. Uh, basically, like we said, it's a tattoo parlor. Uh-huh. So – and you, it was very intimate and you didn't have to scream. You could just kind of talk yeah. to yourself. But when you bombed, you could hear the tattoo needle. <laughs> Yeah. And then you knew you were really eating shit when you right. could hear the pattern that a tattoo feel. <laughs> like two strokes and a fell swoop. That's the Chinese yeah. symbol for failure. <laughs> so but it could be rough. It was <laughs> that wild child was cool. Um, it was Ollie's point, right? Ollie That's point. The, well, now it's called Revolution. Oh, they still do a mic there? Actually, they do. Yeah. 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 That, that, those were the two places that I feel like I, oh, then there was a place in Rockville Center. I mean, we're getting a little inside baseball here for Very the listeners. Inside baseball. But, um, <laughs> there was a place in Rockville Center that, like, for these, the listener. Yeah, inside baseball for, but me. no, there's, there's these weird, like, new school circa, like, 2010 pop punk bands would play. Oh, really? Like, during the, the day. Yeah, yeah. The Vibe Lounge. Yeah. And then there'd be this open mic at, like, 11 o'clock at night yeah. afterwards. And it was just, like, the same seven like, guys. Would the punk stick around? No, no, no. no. no, no it sure, was, like, yeah. a weird. Oh, no, no. They did sometimes, but they talk through your music, yeah. and they're just like these your teenage, music of comedy. That these is. Like, <laughs> and like the jail, these jailbait girls are like hitting on like these floppy haired yeah. thirty year olds, holding on to the floppy hair that they still show. have. I, I, I mean, this is great to talk to you and catch up with you about all this stuff because I, I really enjoyed doing it, and this is the first time that I've been able to talk to someone who knows exactly yeah. what it was like, even more so. So. To, to kind of bring this uh, full, full circle here, um, a question that we like to ask all of our guests at right. the end of each episode, what do you think of the word gig? What do I think of the word gig? Uh, it's funny you mention that because my – oh, I guess I'm going to have to answer because my mom <laughs> – I'll talk to my mom sometimes about comedy and she's like, oh, so you're going to a gig? I'm like, yeah. But like sometimes it's an open mic. Right. But I don't have the energy to explain the difference to right. her because she's foreign. So I get right. doing a gig. Another gig on the so road. There's, there's something universal about it that, yeah. uh, that you, you can, you know, talk to your, communicate with your mother about it. And she. What have other she people said it. about the word you gig? Know, it what? totally it, it goes across the board. You find a lot of music people, a lot of people that come from like punk or, you know, underground music. Gig is no good. It's not, it's not cool. Show is the cool thing. Yes. You're going to a show. If you're, I didn't know. But. <laughs> And on the comedy side of things, um, way more uh, comedians have, have no issue with it whatsoever, yeah. which yeah. was not the right way to say that sentence. Right. <laughs> that was like a positive and a negative. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. But anyway, that's, yeah. a, that's a good answer, bringing the family into it. Yeah. So, so Gotta break the family. Mo, yeah. listen, you, you came all the way out from Riverhead. For the really? listener, that's all the way out east on the island. You got stuff I going here. on. Can I stay in your apartment? <laughs> I don't want to go back. You mean the studio? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the last thing we want to say to you, get home safe. 
All right. Worst gig 